Thanksgiving won't last forever. The beans are about gone, and we cleaned up the cornmeal this morning. Lesson you got something stored in the back you ain't telling me. He let the sentence drift off. He knew there was nothing more than what he'd brought in. Even worse, she was down to three bullets for the rifle. The best shot in the world couldn't live long on that. If he knew more about the edibles in this godforsaken land, he'd have gone out digging for tubers and such, like his ma did to survive the war. She taught him well, but until something sprouted, he didn't know where to look. Just digging anywhere was a mighty big waste of time and muscle. He hadn't yet suggested snares for Rabbit, but if he couldn't get her to go with him, short of throwing them both over a saddle, he'd show her how to set some. Amanda leaned against the chair back, her arms clamped across her skinny chest like a whalebone corset strapped tight. While she tried to hide it, the war within showed on her face. Zeb could feel his tightly strung patience taking a breather. At least she was considering what he had to say. Amanda? Deborah's voice was stronger now. Coming. Like a child released from school on a summer day, Amanda sprang from the chair and dropped to the floor beside her sister's bed. The hand that had tried to beat him senseless only three days earlier now stroked the child's head with the gentleness of a mother's touch. She needed a mother's touch herself. Not to be the mother. And father and... Zeb shook his head. If the defeated men in the South had half the gumption of this young girl... He didn't let that thought go any further. Visions of his own bitter father, who'd never regained his heart and health, hurt too bad. "'We'll go with you in the morning,' was all she said. They reached Pierre just as night fell. He shifted the child sleeping in his arms. His left arm had gone to sleep hours earlier. Too well, he knew the scarcity of the money in his pockets. No way they could stop at the hotel. He didn't dare go by the local sheriffs. Light, laughter, and a tinkling piano tune spilled out the door of the saloon. They rode to the end of what appeared to be the main street. All the other businesses wore dark windows and shuttered doors. Should he try a delivery? Perhaps the owner would let them sleep in his barn. They'd stopped earlier and eaten the last of the cooked beans and part of the cooked venison. If only he had time to smoke some. Carting two kids along sure did slow him down. By himself, he'd just roll his blanket out in someone's barn or ask if he could exchange work for a meal and a place to bed down. Many a night he'd spent under the stars. But this night, the stars hid behind roiling clouds. He could feel the coming rain in the wind on his face. Rain-laden clouds just smelled different, somehow. A gust brought the first of the raindrops. "'You could tell him you're our pa,' Manda spoke from off to his left. "'I ain't old enough to be your pa. "'A big brother, then.' On the second spattering gust, he made up his mind. Livery it was. But when he returned from talking with the hired hand at the livery stable, he could feel the anger burning under his collar. The weasel said no. They had a perfectly good hotel in town and he could ask there. Deborah coughed as he took her back from Manda. She weighed less than a sack of flour and if he didn't get her out of the cold and wet, come on, he kicked his horse into a lope. We could check with the sheriff. Manda caught up with him, then, pointing, said, "'That's the store where my pa done business.' "'Yeah, and he probably owes a list as long as your arm.' Zeb regretted the unkind words as soon as they were out of his mouth. "'Where are we going, then?' "'The church.' He hadn't known that, but the building appeared out of the mist like an angel dressed in white. When he knocked on the door of what must have been the parsonage alongside the church, no one answered. Pulling his hat lower on his head, 
He waved Manda to stay where she was while he checked out the church. Thank you, God, he breathed when the door of the building swung open at the turning of the latch. Surely the good folks of Pierre wouldn't mind if three strangers took cover there. He knew for certain God wouldn't mind. He tied his horse in the three-sided shed and crossed the yard to the house where Manda's horse stood by the closed gate. Come on, he reached up and took the quilt-wrapped child from Manda's arms. We'll sleep in the church. Maybe there's even wood for a fire. But without a light of any kind, Zeb gave up that hope, and after seeing that the girls were wrapped warmly in their quilts, he rolled his own around him and fell asleep with a, please God, on his heart and mind. He woke to the feeling of something nudging his side. That was a boot toe that belonged to a man whose belly refused to obey the confines of his belt. A six-shooter that usually resided in the empty holster at the man's side now pointed directly at Zeb's head. If this was the preacher, Zeb figured God was scraping the bottom of the barrel.